0: Was there? I don't have to listen to it. <laughs> this week's show because it was a disaster. When
1: you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each
0: week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Del Marva. And I am Todd from goodcleanfunlife.com And I'm Tony Rousseau, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Del Marva. A podcast about culture, history, and life on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. And uh, I was thinking, I was thinking about saying that the other day as I poured my drink for today, which is just a sipping shot of sipping whiskey. Oh, um, nice! That I got in, um, in. Preparation for a cold that never came, and yeah, you know, you know how quickly whiskey goes bad. So right, <laughs> exactly. I don't, nicely, I don't, I don't want it to go off. You can't, you can't let it spoil, right? Uh, and how about you? Do you have a drink with you today, this morning? Uh, I have my lemon and soda water that
1: I uh, was going to add tequila to because this is that's my my diet January drink.
0: Right. But uh,
1: but I forgot. I always uh, I, I was getting into some things that we're going to talk about and I forgot to add tequila to it. So
0: too busy working to drink. There is a word that I want to tell you that I heard on a podcast this week. I listened to this uh, language podcast called Something Rhymes with Purple. Hmm. And it's hosted by uh, a woman who is a lexicographer for the OED That means she's like a historian of words for the Oxford English Dictionary. She's like in charge of documenting the language and stuff like that. So she's always got fun stories to tell. But the word is nuncheon. 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 And it is older than the word luncheon. Okay. And it means a little midday drink that you have before lunch to kind of fortify you. Uh, so it's oh. a midday, a midday cocktail between breakfast and dinner is nunchin.
1: Nice. I felt I like, like you
0: needed to know that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did need to know that. Here's to nunchin. Absolutely.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, got a bunch of things we want to get to this week, but each week we start the show with a commercial from one of our favorite local companies, and this week that favorite local company is Good Clean Fun Life Productions. Dot com.
1: Yes, and uh, thank you for the introduction. <laughs> thing, uh, we, we do digital marketing, websites, media production, and, um, uh, and photography, mostly for bars and restaurants. And one of the things that I've wanted to do this year is to uh, create a bit of a catalog of tricks and tips for, for social media, and uh, specifically to our clients, but that could be used anywhere, you know, and I think um, one of the things that is unique about us uh, and I think a selling point is that it's, it's just Natalie and I, it's just the two of us and uh, we cover a fair bit of ground for a number of companies that we've been working with for a decade now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and what that kind of leads me into is the current state of things and being able to utilize tools that you can, uh, that are available to you uh, to, to continue to create content. Um, Creating content is uh, you know, the, a a bit of the cornerstone of of what we do and what makes up the marketing space, especially in the digital realm these days. And um, you know, staying up on best practices and tips and tricks is also staying up on, the latest, uh, the latest tools, and of course, one of the latest tools I have uh, been using in a in a recent edit that I've been doing, um, and uh, you know, the the talk of AI, uh, artificial intelligence, is everywhere, and I, for one, am taking sort of the Bill Burr approach of like, I don't think there's anything to be worried about until there's something to be worried about with AI. <laughs> right. Um, and as a matter of fact, I, I think that, uh, we mentioned before the show, a lot of people have been using AI for a long time, even prior to the, uh, you know, the, the resurgence or not res- the, uh, introduction of chat GTP, which is probably the most, uh, you know, hot button AI story going around the internet these days, but everybody's used spell check and, right. um, maybe more recently, uh, I've started using Grammarly, which I find very, very helpful. Um, and, you know, it's it's like simple things like that. And, you know, people talk about filters on Instagram. I was going to
0: say the filters on your phone sharpen, you know, that's something that's something you used to have to do. And what, so one what of the there are, there are two things about about AI that that are worth mentioning. the The first is that ever since for example cameras went from film to digital or went from professional to consumer people are mm-hmm. people would say that it um that it diminished the art somehow somehow people confuse lowering the bar to entry with diminishing the art or diminishing the process and it's something right. that I just I just can't agree with because there are still some people that take really shitty photos. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. you know, just, just because you, just because you have a, just there's no amount of high tech gear. There are people who take money from other people who make <laughs> take, shitty photos take, and they take yeah. money from people who don't know the difference between shitty photos and not shitty photos. So that is kind of my, position on on ai it's you need to know you need to know your audience and you need to know what you're using it for i mean mm-hmm. i still use spellcheck i still use grammarly grammarly is great for me because it'll give me a red line under um a a word that is spelled right but doesn't make sense in the sentence you know and yes. it's just faster you know yes. it's 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 faster so yes some editor that i wasn't going to be able to pay To read my blog is still not going to get paid by me, but more often than not, many of the words in my blog are the correct ones. You know, I I actually I sent a finished the first I finished my first book review in a while today, and I sent it along to the publisher and I wrote plutonic instead of platonic and nobody caught that. I mean, Grammarly didn't catch it. Nobody's going to catch it. A reader would catch it. Um, Only a reader that knows the difference between plutonic and platonic. Yeah and so what's the downside is that more people can try the downside is that especially cuz the writers have been talking about this for a while with the chat gpt because i mean you can get it to outline your book you can get it to fix your book mm-hmm. and um i have an essay that'll hopefully be out by the time you're hearing this <laughs> which is so earlier today, when we were getting ready for the show, Todd's like, I want to talk about GI, uh, AI, and I'm like, oh, good, because I have a long piece of writing that I've just finished ab- ab- about the whole thing. And the idea is whether you know your audience or not, what are you trying to do with this this, this aided piece of machinery? and because i never get tired of taking cheap shots at james patterson i'm like whether a grad student or james or or ai is writing james patterson's next novel you don't care you mm. didn't care when it was grad students why would you care if it's you know if right. some grad student has to go and get a job and uh, and now ai is you know or robert ludlum is another robert L- ludlum's the one they usually use because if you have a massive amount of work you can plug that massive amount of work into something like chat GPT and it would pro- it can produce a different work that's in the same voice as those previously read works. Yes. And you know and so what? I mean yes uh, uh, you're not gonna put you're not going to put um something that's that's complex in there And Mm -hmm. get something that's complex back out. So my headlines, I should have kept them. I didn't. I I tried it. I tried the chat GPT for writing a headline for the story about chat GPT because Mm -hmm. I thought it would Mm -hmm. be funny. And there was nothing sensible. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, either the story is completely nonsensical or it was too subtle for the machine. And I flatter myself to think it was too subtle for the machine. I mean, maybe maybe it's nonsensical. Oh, go ahead and and
1: well, and I also uh, I think that it is gonna be like any other tools. you're you have to learn how to use it and how to you know, as it you know gains different uh, voices and you can adjust the the temperature, uh, whether it's you know more satirical or more conservative, and like these th- these sort of things, and like you know, so again, hiring a professional to to do it. To, that has access to the tools is is just going to make that product uh, that much that much better, and uh, you know I think I, I think everybody's been out of shape about the idea is oh it can write for you, and um, you know but it it's also can be used like an assi- uh, as an assistant you know just like you're saying uh, you know the the grad students it's it's right. like. Last week we talked about interns. This is a this is yeah, a much better performing intern that I don't actually have to pay, you know.
0: Well, and and the the main difference I think is if you want to write. Like so a person like me, I like to write. I like to communicate my ideas. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to like there's no fun. There's no joy in me giving it to AI to write, and people already aren't reading my stuff. There's no, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's no, there's no downside in, in getting more people to not read my stuff by considering it, you know, by keeping it out of AI. But but someone like you, for example. Um, who communicates well but isn't the greatest writer it's not yeah. you're not a bad person you have the ideas and you don't have the practice of I mean I've been I've been writing professionally for 20 years now mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. each week I put out a newsletter about death that's between three and four thousand words long each yeah. week you know that, that's the definition of death to me <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean. Eventually you get the hang of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, but your your strength and your strength has always been communicating the ideas, usually in usually in um video or mm-hmm. in audio. And the print thing has not has not been something that you needed to do. And this is a way for you to make the jump to print, and you're still doing the creating. Mm-hmm. You just you know, aren't putting in words that don't make sense or aren't yeah. the right word. Or sometimes there's a better word. It's really, it's like or, you or send, beating my head,
1: beating my head against the desk to try to, you know, get it out onto, uh, onto I, paper. You know? Exactly.
0: It's like, you could, you could send it to me and I could fix it up and send it back. And that is what AI will do for you. Mm-hmm. Not bother me which is, which I'm I'm so for. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think the other thing is, so mentioned before I did a, uh, I did a quick rapid fire question and answer with uh, Ryan Minnick up at Bethany blues. And, you know, I had a microphone on, was behind the camera. He was in front of the camera, just like, you know, peppering questions. And, and this is a, this is a piece of content ended up being four minutes long that I'm going to put up and, Uh, through premiere built in feature, I can transcribe the entire thing that, so it matches up with the, uh, you know, obviously with, with the audio. Mm. So if you, uh, because of the movement and because of the words on the screen, it's going to hopefully capture more attention than it would be if it were just a static shot of Ryan talking about, you know, what's going on and we're making a
0: cocktail. And you can also watch it silently. And you, and you
1: could watch, or you could watch it silently. Um, And then there's, there's even more tools. One thing that I want to mention is uh, an experiment that I'm going to do either with this week's episode. I I was starting it with last week's episode, but um, you know, a a program that, so we talk, I talk a lot um, and that's, that's my main form of communication. So here's this AI where it can, Take everything I say. Uh, with a click of a button, it can remove ums and uh, filler words. It can uh, even go as far as to highlight using AI like ten percent of the most important things and re- make a, uh, a condensed video. So I'm going to test it out. We'll see what happens. But we could conceivably take our uh, you know thirty minute. 35 minute long podcast and make a minute long highlight reel that just with a couple clicks of a button, which would, I think, help us out to, uh, you know, to remind people that we're out here and we're doing it and that if they want to tune in sometimes they, that we're here for it.
0: I want to tell you a secret. Um, yes. The book that I put out was half written by AI, if that counts as, I mean, I did these long, long interviews and I, put them through a transcriber. I didn't sit there and retype everything they already said. And then I would, I would, I would, I would pull the quotes that I needed out of the transcriptions that I had. I mean, yes. The only difference is, you know, five years ago, I would have had to pay somebody 15 or $20 an hour to type every word I said, and it would have been prohibitively expensive, or the Mm -hmm. book would have taken six months longer as I Mm -hmm. did it myself, you know, without without being able to run things through transcriptions like that, you know, a lot of stuff. I mean, I was just bragging about 4,000 words a week. Guess how many of them I cut and paste from a transcriber, you know, <laughs> two, <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if you see a story that I've written and there are quotes in it, those quotes have been, pe- have been pulled from a transcription of the interview. I record every interview and that- I run it through the transcriber because, it makes more sense, and now you have to pay attention because the transcriber is not always. I I use the cheapest one you can, which mm-hmm. means that it makes it makes a number of mistakes, but it doesn't make it. It's too good for me to pay more. You know, there are just right, a, right. a couple of words. It just, i mean, you know, and when there's jargon, you just don't understand jargon. Um, yeah. So, well, and
1: I, what I have found in, in scanning through transcriptions too, I don't know if, if this is the same for you. I feel like with my ADD brain, you know, bouncing around words, the words and just picking out the ones that are wrong. I'm still reviewing the, uh, the content for, yeah. you know, for the overall look and feel and, and that sort of thing.
0: One of my favorite so. things is I'm, I'm writing a, I'm working very slowly. I've been talking about it for two years and I'm probably going to talk about it for another year. Um, This book about a, a soldier, um, a war memoir that I've been working on and I've been going through those transcriptions, and uh, this guy is from Alabama. And mm-hmm. I sent him one of the transcriptions once, just because it was funny as hell. It's it, there are just random question marks throughout the uh, throughout the text because in Alabama, they talk like this, and every time yes. he every time he does that <laughs> lilt at the end of a sentence, pow, he gets a question mark. <laughs> That's crazy. <great. laughs> so I went to the store, you know, and question mark, question mark, question mark, and he just he got a huge kick out of it because. You know, he's like, man, (laughs) this machine thinks I'm a Martian and uh, (laughs) and Martian speaking question marks. So Uh, I'm very excited for for the possibilities of AI for those reasons. I think that it's I think it's it lowers the bar to entry for creative people, but mm -hmm. it doesn't make it any easier for someone who doesn't have any creativity to be more creative. Like that, right. the, like the creativity part of it isn't something the AI can do for you. That said, and I think I said this in my essay, I'll never pay for a logo again. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the logos I'm paying for are stocked. I mean, the Beer with Strangers logo, it cost me whatever, 50 bucks or something. You know, it didn't cost me a lot, but it's also not very good. And it's also, you know, someone taking six elements from their, you know, from the fonts that they bought and putting them together. It's not, yeah, I didn't pay a painter. I didn't pay. I paid a graphic designers are going to have to start sweating it. That's, that's a fact, you know, because if, if you're one of these graphic designers on Fiverr, who's cranking out 15 or 20 different logos a day based on two or three templates that you bought the rights to your days are numbered, you know, but If you are the guy who, you know, came up with the subtle changes in the Pepsi logo over the course of a decade, your your job is still OK. You know, yeah. if, if you can having the tools does mean that more people who are shitty at it can continue to be shitty at it and make a living. But I'm not one of them, so I don't care. And I don't buy right. from them, so I don't care. As long as
1: I did see something, of, you know, a, a, a teacher you know, lamenting about, um, not like this, this, a student turned in a paper. It was a great paper. Uh, this is a, you know, C and D student. And, uh, he, he cheated and I, I just don't, uh, know I can I just can't prove it. And, uh, the commentator on what this teacher was saying was, was making the point that anytime technology has replaced soft skills, um, or uh, I'm sorry, hard skills, like, you know, writing, uh, you know, people have tried to quantify those hard skills. Well, like, you're not going to be able to make money, but there's so many soft skills like interpersonal relationships and, you know, and and that sort of thing that end up being more important. And and like, so, you know, us in the the kind of the consumer mind, um, you know, Just like you're saying, it offers more things for people to be more opportunities for creatives to get work out there. It doesn't make
0: people more creative. It's not going to be good. You know, it's not going to make you it's not going to make you good. It's an amplifier. There is no microphone that has the quality and no amplification system that has the quality to make me a good singer. I mean, (laughs) auto-tune probably can't really even help me because I'm not good at it. You know, auto-tune, auto-tune can make me sound like I don't suck, but it can't make me sound great because I'm not. Yeah. And the the analogy I think I made, if I didn't make it on the show, I want to make it because I love it. It's like, you know, you eat Panera bread, you read James Patterson, you don't know the difference. Yeah. So I don't, I don't. I don't worry about that. That's not the, that's not the world I move in. You know, um, the world I move in is I call people and I talk to them and I call several people and I talk to them and then I Mm -hmm. put together a story out of all the talkings. I mean, if I could dump all of those interviews into an AI and get a story out of it, I, I would, I would try it because it's coming from the questions I asked. But you know, right. my most my most recent experience with AI is that AI doesn't get me. Yeah, <laughs> you don't just you just don't get me, man. You know, <laughs> they, I I have to I have to I have to bring my points along in a very kind of methodical way, and mm-hmm. AI is a little slapdash for, you know. It's yep. like, all right, well, these are the words they used over and over again. Um, it, it said like one of the headlines. So I I think I said I, I ran the story through uh the ai to get a to get a headline for it and one of them was one of the headlines is Panana panera bread is killing ai oh. and, <laughs> it's like no and i'm like i almost ran that i'm like well is it you know
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs> I, you know it's
1: the it's a it's a good non-example it's like th- this headline written by ai
0: right is why it, it didn't quite work and, and also, I didn't even get any inspiration from it. There are a lot of people who get inspiration from it. There are people who put in their story um, story ideas and get, will get an outline back and mm-hmm. things like that. If it helps you organize your thinking, again, it can't make you any better than you are. Right. You know, it can only make you look a little bit better than you are. Right. right. But if yeah. the idea is if if the idea is garbage in, garbage out, these are computers. We've been the Geico is one of the oldest computer things. Right. There's yeah. no amount of crap that you can pour into A.I. that it's that's going to come back as,
1: you know, better than what yeah. good. Right.
0: And, and again, the, the art thing is a little bit more is a little bit more dicey. You know, you can feed it, it, you know, it can go through all of the book covers, for instance, and make a book cover based on all of the most popular book covers. Yeah. And so I think that's materially different than being inspired by something, but not. But not beyond the pal, like, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who made my book cover, he looked at. 300 book covers that were in books like mine. And he said, okay, well, this is the kind of book cover that goes on books like this, you know, that'll be $500, (laughs) you know, yep. instead of one day on, uh, on whatever the art, there's an art version of chat GPT that will that'll do that, that work for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. So we hit upon a subject we were both thinking about and it did kind of run us out of time, but I would like a little bit to go back in time. And to do my my history of Del Marva section. What did we see we call it call it? Everything old is new again? Yeah, yeah. The more yeah, things, yeah. things change, the more they say. Yeah. So I found this. Um oh, and I didn't even see what was, what was next to it. There's there's so much. So this is from the Sunday Star, which is a Washington, DC paper back at the turn of the last century. This is the 1938, uh, July 31st, 1938 edition. And the headline is, Bethany Beach's founding is rec- is recounted by a woman, 90. Mrs. Emma Lattimore outlives growth from purely religious settlement to present status. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was one of the ladies who founded, who was there at the founding of Bethany Beach as a, like a religious colony. Um, right. Which was it I, a colony
1: I- or was it a... Like a, like a, what do they call it?
0: Yeah. revival like a, a campsite, you know, right. like you
1: go there to retreat. That's what I'm looking
0: for. Right. I think it was a ret- retreat. I had to look up a, a, a word because, uh, oh, because I'd never heard it before. And the word is Chataqua. Cha-ta-ta-cha-taqua. I'll spell it. C H A U T A. UQUA, and it was an adult education and social movement in the united states in the late 19th and early 20th centuries okay and that's exactly what it was it was it was when people were putting up like ocean city new jersey um mm-hmm. we're putting up all of these all of these you know get away and pray kind of kind of places and bethany beach was one of these and um she this this woman mrs um uh, Mrs. Lattimore, excuse me. Um, I'm sorry, the story is by Jesse Font Evans, and I believe Jesse is a woman person. Um <laughs> because Font is the F-A-N-T, is the middle name and it looks like it's supposed to be hyphenated. Um okay. so Mrs. Emer Lattimore. Sorry, Mrs. Emma Lattimore, 90 years young, resident of the district for 67 years and one of the earliest summer sojourners to Bethany Beach, Delaware, has watched Bethany's transformation from a place of purely religious convocation into the rapidly growing seaside resort that it is today. And today is 1938, July. It's crazy. Much she comments, "Is said of the gay ways and days of the people of the '90s, not enough of their spiritual strivings and their efforts to realize them. The founding of Bethany Beach, which is a number in which a number of Washingtonians and Pennsylvanians were prominent, was definitely the result of the latter. Um, and so, what she's saying is, you know, back in the '90s, and we say back in the '90s, and it's really, really weird." To yeah. see someone say back in the nineties and be referring to the 1890s. Yeah. Um, she's like, you know, they talk about the gay nineties and how wild it was, but we were religious and we were trying hard to make it a religious place. And that was just a real kind of like a like a like a a shock to me, you know, the yeah. the the idea that, you know, back when things weren't so evil in the, in the eighteen nineties. <laughs> 10 years 10 years after we abolished slavery right right oh man <laughs> well 30 years but still this lady it's... this lady could have known slaves this lady for sure knew slaves for sure for sure because right? she was yeah, born in I, 1838
1: and i don't i don't get like how, why did the religious folks get the ideas like oh we should go to the beach that would be that would be sweet like i i just don't
0: well, one of the reasons was that it it was cheap and there were no looky loos. You could mm-hmm. you could it, you know it takes I'm sorry, this is this is gonna be my snobbery coming out and I'll do the I'll do my <laughs> best to hide it. But it takes a certain kind of person to be able to take off an entire summer and travel 30 miles on dusty roads oh, yeah, to get yeah. to to get to the beach. And guess who can't do it? poor people who (laughs) were who are offensive to look at and to smell yeah so um i want to get to the part where she talks about the travel because she talks about how she got there yeah um and this is how this is how they got to the um to the place it's present accessibility by motor transportation over good roads would have seemed an incredible miracle to us early pioneers Mrs. Lattimore emphasizes in unison with her summertime friends and neighbors, Mr. and Mrs. blah, 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 who are the only living members of the Pittsburgh group. Boop, 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 boop. We had to come, they explained, by train to Baltimore, then by boat to Love Point, where horse-drawn vehicles transported us through the backwoods to the canal landing back by Rehoboth Beach. From there, we made our way across by boat across the Delaware Bay and the Indian river to Pennywell's landing where wagons pulled by mules (laughs) met us. And we lurched our way through the dust and the sand to Bethany. Often we would meet with a sudden squall on the bay. And the time we, and by the time we landed safe, but chilled and seasick, the women would be a solid unit against imperiling their own and their children's lives another season, no matter oh, what man. the spiritual significance of the summer in our lives. But we Shoot. always came back. Man. And so I'm not familiar with Pennywell's Landing. Is that ringing a bell with you?
1: Not not ringing a bell. It's probably still there. I mean, I, I wonder if it's out back by like James Farm area. Um, you know, or there's a uh out there on the point out what's it called? Mm. Yeah that's I mean I to go by boat so they go to Baltimore first then to Love's Point. Where's Love's Point? Is that north of the of the landing of uh Yeah
0: Ken Island? It has it, it, gotta it, be right it, it must be because they came across to Rehoboth first and then yeah. down to Bethany. Um, I know
1: it, it's just
0: it's it it that there is was just no, there was no connection. So they yeah. they had a they had a they they took a boat to Rehoboth and then they took another boat to Bethany. Right. Um and one of the things this is this story is about is how they set aside uh 17 acres of land that would become the seaside road from Rehoboth to Bethany and set up a company that would be in charge of it.
1: Huh? That's an interesting, yeah. And like, so did Bethany exist, or did they like just go till they were seasick,
0: <laughs> and, yeah. then,
1: and then hike through the march marsh and be like, "Man, eh, this looks good. Let's call it Bethany."
0: That's. I I think that is precisely what they did. I, I yeah. I mean, not the first. I'm mean, the first time, yes, but not the second time. But they were looking for places, and Rehoboth was already taken, and to the north, mm-hmm. you know. Ocean City, New Jersey was already taken. And so this was what's important to remember. And I don't want to get too uh, crazy about it here, but at the end of every millennia, the religious folks lose their fucking minds. (laughs) And they're like, Jesus is coming. We have to get ready. And that happens from the nineties till five years after the turn of the century. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, maybe Jesus isn't coming, and then there's progress for the next seventy years, and then they're like, Jesus is coming, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like clockwork.
0: <laughs> and and that that's why the, you have these big religious movements. Um, if I can if I can plug my book, one of that's one of the arguments that I make in my book is that you know the rise of QAnon and all that is really just tied to the kind of millennialism that has ever since we started writing things down and calling things years yeah right before it goes from you know night right before it goes from the 90s to the aughts mm-hmm. all the religious people are like all right well the world's ending just like jesus said it would and we have to be ready and they um spiritualism i don't know if you remember spiritualism was very popular again at the at the late 1800s and the early 1900s, you know, people having seances and stuff, incredibly right. popular. Yeah, it, it was just it was just a, an effect of this. So, so Bethany Beach, I guess we can say is is built on as was built by by millennials, <laughs> <laughs> but not the fun kind who just complained that things are too hard and go back to bed. <laughs>
1: Uh, that is fun. That is interesting.
0: It's fantastic. I'm, I'm going to, I, so I have to say I haven't done enough research. I don't know if I'm allowed to share this or if it counts as plagiarism, if I share it. So hmm. I should really check what my terms of service are on this. Cause I would love to put this story up. Um, so they had an extra four inches at the end of the story. Uh, uh-huh. so they put in two different stories and I just have to read them to you really quickly and then we can go. Okay. Um, the first one, the headline is high hats for sweeps. And again, it's this. I believe this happened in England. It just says Bremen, um, but you get the impression that it's Bremen, England. And I'll tell you why. High hats are not always a connotation of riches. Here, they are the trademark of the chimney sweeps. High hats and Eton jackets for years have been the uniform of the profession. It is a common sight for travelers to see a group of sweeps mounted on bicycles going off to work with their coiled ropes over their shoulders and high silk hats perched on their heads. The end. That's the story.
1: (laughs) And and that led directly into Mary Poppins and and Dick Van Dyke, right? I
0: I absolutely, I absolutely couldn't agree more, but here's a, here's another, here's another headline. And then we can go. I promise blind man, blind man, divorced. Samuel Green, who was blinded in the World War, has been granted a divorce in Derby, England, with permission to marry again in a month. He was given this decree on the ground of desertion. When Justice Alquith was told that another woman was preparing to marry Green and look after him, the justice directed that the decree be made absolute in one month. So his wife had a month to get back. And if she didn't come back, he could have another one to take care of him. Oh, man. And that's what makes me think the first one was for England, because the, the both of them happened to be yeah. for England. Um, and that was that was the way that Marva was on uh, July 31st, 18,
1: 1938,
0: 38, oh. back in the 90s, back in the 90s. This is how we lived. Uh, there's another headline that says tourists warned of fun, funny money, but I don't think it's here. Uh, But I'll have to go over that. And if it's worth worth bringing up, I'll bring it up again next week. But for now, I got nothing else. How about you?
1: Uh, I got nothing.
0: All right. Well, remember, until next time at the beach.
1: It's happy hour whenever you say it is. Cheers. Nunchin. Nunchin.